are the Knights of Awakening. Good morning and evening. We are the Knights of Awakening, broadcasting live from our corners of the University Yours. We are your host Knights David and Justin, reaching out to all of you, our brothers and sisters, wherever you may call home. All right, hello out there. I am, of course, Justin, and somewhere over there in the woods is David. Right here. Right there he is. Even in the woods they have phones, huh? Mm-hmm. It is December 2nd. Uh, welcome to December, everyone. Uh, 23 days till Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, if you missed last week's show, uh, we we talked a lot about you know giving thanks, being thankful, uh, giving and receiving, things like that. Uh, it was a great episode, so you probably should check it out uh, before Christmas. Hell, check it out right after this show. <laughs> All right, so, like I said last week, we talked about giving and receiving, and uh, I thought it was a good show, David. Um, I was talking uh, to our good friend Derek about it uh, today earlier on the phone, and, uh, uh, you know, he he told me it served as a reminder for him, you know, to uh, to to receive as graciously as we give and to give as ra- graciously as we receive. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, dude. So here we are. Another day. Another topic. Mm-hmm. Did you bring them uh did you bring the Mickey Mouse ears home with you last week? Mickey Mouse ears? No. Yeah, you know, you know, the souvenir from Disneyland? Nah. Nah. Well, today we're gonna be talking about the souvenir. And this can take on all kinds of, uh, you know, different meanings and, and, and things like that, you know. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about those kinds of souvenirs that we think that we need. And we try we try as hard as we can to bring them back from whatever trip we take, you know. Um, there's, always a, there's always a road stop along the way for us, David, to pick up snow globes from Arizona or, you know, whatever. So what are we talking about? The title is The Souvenir today. What are we talking about? Why don't you get us started here? Well, when I originally came up with the idea, it's a it's a concept I've been developing for about two years now. The, the general idea is that I see I see a lot of people that, that study the same as we do. They are, uh, you know, amateur philosophers, this and that. And they, they go through a lot of I would say uh, spiritual endeavors, and it's inevitable that we try to 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 bring to bring home something that we gained uh, while we were in some some state of mind, some 
maybe not a state of mind, but some understanding that we have of, of reality, we try to bring that back into our day-to-day lives. And um, that, I wouldn't say in and of itself is such a bad thing, but it can be very dangerous because, um, as all souvenir shop owners know, uh, the souvenir business is very lucrative because people don't want the thing of itself. They just want the, they just want a prize for having been there. They want some kind of evidence that they have they have done that, seen that. Um, and I really, I really wouldn't classify the seeker, uh, the the earnest seeker, one who is is doing the the work internally and trying to develop themselves. I wouldn't classify them as a seeker, as a as a tourist. They're not they're not there to just, uh, you know, glean glean the tops of things and and see the sights and go home, and be happy about it. They like to know the. Un- the, the whole understanding of the whole situation. Um, if you were to apply that in visiting a city, you know you wouldn't just visit the tourist traps and all the major sites. You would actually um, talk to some of the locals, maybe go back to their place and eat dinner at their house, that kind of thing, to get a real a real understanding of, of where you're at. Um, you almost have to learn a foreign language to actually fully to fully understand the culture, they say. But um, with, with philosophy, a lot of people want to, um, they just want to take out of it what suits them and go home and apply that to whatever they're doing there. And that that's a real dangerous habit. Uh, spiritually speaking, you see a lot of people looking for some kind of totem, looking for some kind of icon, Maybe it's a maybe it's a necklace. Maybe it's a a symbol of something, some kind of a symbol of power. Um, the reason why they're looking for a a symbol of power is because they don't have that power to begin with. Otherwise, if they had it, the symbol would be um, meaningless. It would be unnecessary. So they go out in search of symbol, and once they have it, they fly it like a banner, and they attempt to use it but the the danger here is that all they have is a, a symbol it's a reference to a point a, a finger pointing towards something else um, on the internet it would be a link all they have is a link to something and if you, if you only have a link to something you don't have the content thereof all you have is a is a hyperlink mm-hmm. so um you really have to. You really have to stop being a tourist. Stop looking for souvenirs. Stop looking for things to take home, and actually learn how to reside there. I would. I would say that's mm-hmm. that's my path. Um, obviously, everyone is not cut out to be like me. But uh, for those tourists that are tourists, they should understand that they are tourists, and not confuse what they are doing. With what, what other people are doing, mm-hmm. and by, by doing, they can they can remain safe themselves. Because if you are a tourist, there are places you don't need to go. You know what I mean? Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous for someone that doesn't know the the uh, the underbelly of a city to go in certain areas because they will get jacked up. Right. If 
if you go if you go around the globe and you go to other countries and you step out of a certain zone, you are an our target. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So by knowing that you're a tourist gives you a level of protection, but to be ignorant of that and to 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 put on some kind of air like you are the genuine article. You you really elevated yourself into another uh, higher higher level of danger by doing so. If you can't handle that, <clears throat> so it's just a a process of maturity. You know, I'm sure myself, unlike unlike me, I'm, I'm sure a lot of a lot of my friends when they were growing up, they went out to the woods looking for something to take home, something actual, something real. Maybe a, a, an arrowhead or a rock or a, a bird feather, um, you name it. You may be a speed dweller. You may have been looking uh, to find money, to find um, people. Uh, it can take on many forms, but at the end of the day, you were looking to take on something real. Then as you get older, you, um, uh, you don't want to take the thing in and of itself home. That's when you become a photographer or an artist where you go and look. You sit down by the uh, the waterfall and you sketch it on a pad. Um, these are all various degrees of the same um, condition. And if you can recognize where you're at within the uh, within the scale of wanting something from something else, then I'm sorry, Justin, your, your phone's feeding back so bad, man. I, I can't even concentrate on what I'm saying, but um. What do you mean? <clears throat> what do you mean it's feeding back? What do you hear? I'm getting an echo. I can hear everything that I'm saying. But uh, if you can recognize where you're at along the scale of 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 how how much you want to take from your environment to 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 go back to where you you're normally from, uh, you can kind of judge where you're at within this whole this whole scale of this thing that I'm talking about. Um, there comes a time where you'll eventually, or should I say most people, eventually abandon all desire to to want a piece of whatever they see. And they're, they're simply uh, content to have the memory of it, and that memory is the collection. Uh, but in, until you reach that point, you really have to uh, uh, look at where you're at on the, on the whole scale there. Does any of this make any sense to you, Justin? You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been a collector? Do you ever catch yourself going around looking for, um, you know, rattlesnake rattles or anything like that? Absolutely, absolutely not, dude. I was born completely perfect, um, free from flaws or defects. How do I sound now? Can you can you hear yourself uh, in the echo anymore? I'm not talking, but I'm I'm good now. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Of course, we're all we're all souvenir seekers. Um, you know, it's it's like you said. It we want to we want to show everybody else where we were. You know, um, you go through the you go through an international airport and you'll see somebody's suitcase and it's got all kinds of keeps all kinds of damn uh, you know stickers from all different countries and all kinds of different things and they. You know, put those things on there, or um, you know, they'll uh, like the Mickey Mouse ears. You know, um, nobody wants to wear Mickey Mouse ears around town all day long. You know, um, yeah. 
but we we buy them. We buy the snow globes and rattlesnake rattles and um, all these all these other kind of weird things, you know. If you're out here in the desert, you see all kinds of weird knickknacks and keepsakes and just all kinds of kinds of silly stuff. Uh, you know, the souvenir. <clears throat> we see it all the time, um, where where people will go on this great grand spiritual quest. And they'll come back with all kinds of stuff, you know, and they'll 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 post it and they'll show it and they'll talk about it and they'll brag about it and you know this and that. But really, what are they bringing back? I mean, you know, what is the what what was the point of bragging or whatever? And and you know, bragging might be a, a harsh way to say it, David. I think it's more like excitement, you know. I don't think they're bragging for the sake of, you know, to to rub it in my face. I I think they're 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 just excited because they've just been on this this grand adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, you're bringing back souvenirs to show me, but but it was never my quest to begin with. You know, um, all, all the souvenirs in the world are not going to show me. All the posting and all the all the grandstanding and all this is not going to. Make me understand your quest any more than you do. You know, um, so so we got to start somewhere, right? I mean, it's okay to be a tourist, but the more you visit a city, eventually that city starts to grow on you. Eventually, that uh, that place, that aura, that that feeling, it it starts to become part of yours. You know, so so let me ask you, why why do we buy souvenirs, David? Why do we why do we do it in the first place? I mean, we we don't set out on our trips for souvenirs or 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 or, or, or to try to bring something um, tangible back from a from a quest or a spiritual endeavor or a really deep meditation. We don't we don't start out that way. We don't seek it. Why why are we so drawn to try and bring this stuff back? What do you think? I would, I would, uh, I would say that the root cause there is the uh, temptation to cling to anything. The mind, the mind will grab a hold. That's its job. That's what it does. It grabs a hold of things, um, and even, even with experience, the mind says we must grab a hold of it. You know, if if I can't take a piece of it, let me take a picture of it. Um, you know, and it just gets uh, more more subtle, you know, the layers do. But that's that's what it wants to do is to cling to things, whether it whether it be a, a religious idea, a philosophical notion or a a, a trip a, a trip around the world. But what the where it all comes from in, in, in time is how it starts is we consider our trip to another place as being on vacation. Oh, I'm on vacation and I've I've timed out of my normal reality, and here I am um, doing something drastically different. Well, how different is it? You're still you, you know. You're still plagued by the same problems you were the day before when you had to go to work. You know, if you, if one of your shoestrings was busted, you're you're still going to have to um, um, stop to go, you know, go to the store to to buy a new set of shoestrings before you leave town. So I mean. Nothing has changed, and you go halfway around the world to a new city, or maybe 
just across the state line to another, you know, to a national park or another city, and you tell yourself that you are, you are someplace different, you know, someplace new. Well, yes, but it's not, it's not such an an other place as, as you, you would you would like for it to be, <clears throat> as you would like for it to be. It, it's all the same planet. It's you can go there online. You can go there with your mind. If you think about that place before you get there, you can th- you can certainly think about that place just as you can while you're there. But um, to be to be in that place, you've done nothing different other than to go there physically. But yet your mind would like your mind would like to have it, it would like to grab a hold of it and say, you know, now we have now we have this. It wants to have it. Um, and if it can't, if it can't rip up, you know, a, a thousand acre national park and take it home with it, it will grab up the next best thing. It's just a, a matter of clinging. Yeah, we, uh, you know, and and especially when we take these trips uh, in our minds, you know. Um, I know when I first started meditating years and years ago. Uh, I would see these flashes of images, and I would never really understand what they were. So I always tried to, I always tried to to uh, remember them. You know, I would always try to recreate them. I would try to search for them on you know on the internet or whatever, and, and of course I'd never find them. You know, right. uh, but I'd spend I, I would spend hours and hours looking for them. Yeah. Be- because I well, thought that if I if I could find I mean, you know, first of all it was exciting, you know. Um second well, of all there's no, Huh? Oh, well there's no harm in doing that, you know. Uh as long as you realize that you're trying to cling to something. Sure. Sure. And uh you know, so I would try to I I would try to recreate them or find them and search and search. I'd waste all kinds of time. Waste all kinds of time and trying to find this stuff because because it was so profound to me that that I just had to take that back. I had to take that back to the farm. You know, young Jedi student, I had to take that back to to everybody and and, and show them say, "Haha, see what I did. Force is strong with me, bitches, you know." And and it was stupid. <laughs> Complete waste of time. Whether the image is profound or whether they were images of my carpet, it doesn't matter. The fact is, you know, I was trying to bring that back so that I can show everybody. Not because I was trying to rub in their face, maybe a little, but, you know, mostly it was because I wanted to show them, see what I can do, see where I've been, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's kind of, that's you know, that's kind of the, the, the beginning things of, of of these souvenirs we're talking about, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, uh, I think, what draws us to to try and grab these these uh, 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 non-existent uh, souvenirs is because you know when we go to a place that 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 is in within ourselves and beyond anything we've ever seen or ever experienced in our lives, we don't want to leave. You know, we don't want to go. We don't want to go back to being a boring old radio host guy. You know, we want to be want to be that thing, that person that we thought we were pretending to be inside ourselves 
you know, and and, mm-hmm. and and I think part of it is we don't want to go. I want to be here now forever. You said it. You know. Now you said it. You said Absolutely. the P word. What did I say? What's our keyword of the day? Pretending. Huh? Pretending. You, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, oh, chaos was, had his hand raised, but then he dropped. We'll wait for him to come back on here in a second. But yeah, you know, you think you're pretending. You know, when you're on vacation. When you're on vacation, you are kind of pretending to be someone else, right? Because you've left all your stuff back home, all your bull yep. crap, you know. I've been to Disneyland mm-hmm. once in my life. And you, got a lot of, you got a lot of money. You got a lot of money set aside, earmarked for the trip, you know. The cap mm-hmm. on the wall is open. You know, it's good times, right? It's great, it's great times, dude. And you don't even think about or care about anything else. You know, the first time I did the first time I consciously went out of body... I did not want to come back to this boring-ass place. I wanted to fly free. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted to, to just just do whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that back with me. And you know you know the souvenir I brought back with me, David? It was about, was about two years of frustration because I couldn't get back there. Because I had... Had 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 psyched myself up so bad about it that I couldn't get back there for for years, you know. Mm-hmm. So I see chaos is back uh, on the line, but he hasn't raised his hand this time, so I'm not sure if he wants to say anything or not. Um, so, anyways, um, as soon as he raises his hand, we'll bring him in. That way, I don't bring him in accidentally. So, so. We, we 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 try to grab these souvenirs. Um, you know, you were saying that, that we like to cling, which is something that we do horribly mm-hmm. well, all of us, at, at, at any given time. You know, we cling to lots of things. We hold these emotional attachments. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and I'll use this time to say this again, David, uh, as I've said it a thousand times. It's not just the bad emotions. It's not just the bad things that that cause us to cling. You know, we can get too excited about something. You know, we can be too much in love. We can, you know, have too much, too much honor and too much all these other things. Um, they can, they can cause us harm as well. You know, and 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 uh, part of that clinging is because we're experiencing something that's just out of this world. It's the coolest thing ever, and we want to bring it back and keep it forever because we don't want to leave. We 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 like to cling to things, um, and uh, we feel like we're pretending. Yep. You know, uh, it's kind of like when you pick up something that's really fragile, and you know you're trying to keep the wind from tearing it apart and all that, and you end up you end up squeezing it a little bit too hard, and it falls apart in your hand because you because you grabbed it too hard. You ever been there? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of what you're talking about now. That's how I relate it. But uh, I want to yeah, say hello. I, mean, I was to say I want to say hello to Miok. I haven't seen Miok in a while. It's good to see you, brother. Appreciate you listening to the show. Um, as a reminder to Charles, David, I just need to. I always need to remind him uh, if he wants to jump in on these topics, he has to let me know in the chat. So this this brings us to our next point here. 
we haven't established. <laughs> well, we haven't established yet. Right, right off the bat, we have not established. We've established why we do these things, but we have not established yet. And maybe you can help me out here. Uh, we have not established. Uh, if souvenirs, if there are some souvenirs that are good for us to keep, or 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 if if we should just avoid them altogether. Well, that that would be a matter of uh, personal preference, I think. I mean, <clears throat> every souvenir comes with a price. If you're willing to, if you're willing to pay the price to buy and, and maintain something, then then go for it. But um, for me personally, there's there's some things out there that just aren't worth the trouble of um, of going for. Now, when you say when you say a personal a, a personal preference, I mean, what if somebody says, you know, um, I hear you guys, I hear what you're saying, you know, uh, but it's my personal preference to bring back souvenirs uh, on my spiritual quest or on my my meditative things or or whatever, okay? Mm -hmm. And I do that so I can show everybody else. What what would you say to that person? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, what 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 they're doing there is um, using it for inspiration to help other people, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. But what what you were talking about was the value, the value of the the, the trinket itself, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at it this way: um, moldavite. It's a tektite. It's a special kind of rock that on that is only found on two places on this planet. One is in Czechoslovakia. And the others in Africa. Should you want some of this stuff, uh, the African variety, you would have to um, get on an airplane, go to Africa, um, then uh, hire a, a a person to guide you to this place. You're looking at a like a two months track just to get there, and then you're going to collect the rock, and then you got the same thing coming back out. Or you can buy it on eBay. You see what I mean? Sure. It's just not worth my time and trouble to go there and actually pick up the rock myself uh, and know that I have a genuine article. I would rather take the risk, buy it off eBay, and then inspect it to make sure I haven't bought a melted Heineken bottle. Right, but let me ask you like this then. If if you shared every last one of your your spiritual endeavors, your trinkets, your souvenirs from your years of of training and years of of exploring, and aren't you kind of cheating the lazy ones out of doing the work themselves? I mean, or maybe are they cheating you so you'll do the work for them? No, no. I don't. I don't think that can be done. Um, my personal beliefs on that is that if I tell you something that I had to live through to get it, knowing it is not going to harm you or hurt you. It's not going to do anything. It's just going to be a, an idea in your mind, and 
you're going to carry that thing. <clears throat> and depending on how you use it, it could be harmful because if you consider yourself as one who has already did that, then then at that point you are, you're just a speculator. You have speculated that, that this is so. And you may... I may be wrong, you know what I mean? I may I may be living under a delusion just because I live through it don't mean it's actually true, so mm -hmm. um you you may ha you may have a, a guaranteed thing there that isn't so and by accepting it at face value and, and plugging plugging it into an equation there, um, your mathematical formula for whatever you're working on is not gonna be right. It's just it's gonna be off by however many degrees that, that Variables off, so I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say the thing in and of itself is harmful or helpful. It is what it is, just an idea. But uh, how you use it, that's that's all the difference in the world. And I I really don't go by what people say. You know, I have taken what other people have said and I've applied it, and kind of like running an experiment. You know, I had to check it out myself, and once once I once I had did it a few times and I verified that it was so, then I adopted. We fair, we fair we jumped well we jumped the gun we jumped the gun. There's a difference between an entertaining an idea and believing in an idea. You can entertain anything. You know, you can you can work with you can work with anything you want to work with, but at the end sure. of the day, is it going to be something you keep or not? Those are two different things. You know, I've got years of souvenirs. Matter of fact, yeah. people people have years of souvenirs from me, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. You know how many times I would get phone calls from Master Thompson, or I'd get these emails from various people or various students saying. You know, I like Master Thompson a lot more than I like you. I'd say, oh, yeah. I'd get these phone calls from Master Thompson and say, you know what this person says? This student is worried about you, says that they like me better than you. I said, well, well good. Good. You know, they had taken a souvenir because, you know, those who know me or have been a student uh, of ours or, you know, whatever, um, I come at you kind of hard sometimes, but there is a difference between a master uh, Thompson, myself, you, David, um, Kate, the various knights that are there. You know, there's one difference. Uh, there's one fundamental difference in the way that I deal with them, or their, or their questions, or worries, or concerns, or whatever. Um, and it's funny because uh, we're talking about souvenirs today. Uh, Master Thompson brought this up. Derek brought this up on the phone earlier when I was talking to him this morning. Um, and 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 he had reminded me of uh, some of those emails and, and phone calls. Um, was that, you know, there's a simple equation here. Uh, Master Thompson will teach you about the world. My job is to teach you about yourself. And that can be scary sometimes, you know, making somebody turn in, turn somebody inside out, and make them stare at themselves. Uh, that could be a little harder to take, you know, a little more harsh to deal with. 
than dealing with the world, a world that we've been born into. You know, that, that's kind of, we've had a long time to adjust to the world around us. But we don't spend a whole lot of time, a whole lot of time exploring ourselves. And that's, you know, usually that's, that's the, one of the most fundamental differences. Uh, you know, you go to this guy, he's going to turn you inside out and make you look at yourself. The scariest part, the, the scariest thing in the world is facing yourself and, and, and dealing with yourself and dealing with your own bullshit and dealing with your own inadequacies. And, and, and all that shit's illusion, okay? None, none of you are inadequate, you know? You just pretend to be. So they they take these souvenirs away from me uh, and my interaction with them. Uh, they take their souvenirs away from Thompson. They take their souvenirs away from you and so on and so forth. And they take those souvenirs. Here's where souvenirs become dangerous, David. They take these souvenirs, these ideas, and they don't just entertain them. They live up to them or they live against them or they run from them or they or, or they keep them locked away. Uh, like in this little special place, you know, and they go to them whenever they're happy or they'll go to them when they're sad or whatever, so so on and so forth. But they become to depend on them, you know. Um, back to this example, I've had students over the years that would deal with nobody but me. And I would tell them, you know, look, I can only, I can only show, show you so much. You know, we got these other folks here that can help you through the other things. You know, um, don't you know? Don't cling to the idea that that it's just about you, or it's just about what's inside you, or the journey inside you. There's still a whole lot left to it. You know, but we get these, we go on vacation, and we get these trinkets, and we get these souvenirs, and we say to ourselves, "Well, I've been here. I don't need to go anywhere else." What about the uh, what about the souvenirs that doesn't require other people? It doesn't require other other places. There can be nothing new there, but I mean, you can you can generate an idea and accept it as a as a truth, and that's something that you cling to, and you're operating under under a, a, a lie that you told yourself. And when mm-hmm. things don't add up, you start getting frustrated that. You know, the world doesn't behave the way it should. Things, people aren't acting the way they should, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that a lot these days, don't we? We see that very thing a lot these days. Yeah. Well, I should be free to do whatever I want, but I should not have to suffer any consequence. I should not have to do this. And by the way... Everybody should be free, but by the way, too, um, you're only allowed to be as free as it suits me, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's I mean, the way it comes across. Yeah. Exactly. That may not be the – but that's what you're holding on to. That's what you're clinging to, an idea, a trinket called freedom, for example. We've been down this – we've been down this damn road a hundred times and back again, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know – Freedom is one of those things like enlightenment. You know, you think you have it, you hold on to it, and you wake up and you look around and find out, well, shit, 
<laughs> I don't have either. I don't have anything. Because you told the greatest lie there ever was told, David. You know? Mm-hmm. But we see that kind of stuff a lot these days, you know? Um, and the reason we call them souvenirs, the reason we call them souvenirs is it's because something that you purposely grabbed onto and put on your little put on your little shelf, your little trophy case, whatever, you know. You go to some people's houses and they got they got crap on their wall from 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 east east to west, north to south, man. They got all kinds of stuff. And you go to their house and they'll show you eight eight hours of slides, vacation slides and this and that and, and you're thinking to yourself you're thinking to yourself one of two things. Either, wow, that place seems very interesting. Maybe I should go there someday. Or you're thinking, somebody, please put a noose around my neck and hang me to death right now, please. Because now I don't ever want to go to that place because the Smiths went there and they completely ruined it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that can be kind of dangerous, too. Back on some of the pitfalls here uh, of hanging on to souvenirs and then and then parading them around town is is that uh, not so much the not so much the, the fault of the person um, talking about it, but also there's responsibility of the person receiving the information, right? I mean, if I'm if I'm telling you about this grand adventure I had and 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 and, and, and I and I'm finding some sort of uh, key to it to to try and give you. Um, is isn't it kind of your responsibility too to receive that information kind of openly and just kind of take it for what it is, um, uh, and and then do your own exploring, or you know, or is it is it easy to fall into that trap and let somebody else ruin the the trip for you? There are there are two ways of going about that, actually. One one way, my preferred method, and I've already I've already discussed that, and that would be just to you know, nod my head yes and, you know, let you carry on about it and find out for myself when I get there. Or, um, let's take, uh, let's take dogma, you know, just, uh, just blank, blank statements that say stuff, um, from any, any particular religion. I'm not picking on any, I'm just talking about dogma in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's equate them to dry leaves, you know. If you rake enough dry leaves up into a big enough pile, eventually they self-ignite, you know. Those those germ cultures will, inside there will start um, fermenting and, and changing things, the chemical makeup, and they generate heat when they do this, uh, just like with a compost pile and, and and it gets hot enough to set the leaves on fire, and it will mm-hmm. it will it will catch fire. So um, with with the dogma, if you can pack it in hard and fast enough, it actually starts to create a life of its own. And through that, then you get a, a spontaneous combustion of something new, brought on by the dogma itself. But sure. That that new resulting thing is not is not dogma. It it would be like fire. It would be not leaves. It's something else. So um, that within its own right is a is a method of uh, 
of doing this. But golly, I mean, you got to you got to be you got to be on it, man. You got to be raking, and you got to have a really big pile, you know. And if there's not enough leaves around, um, you're not going to make it because there has to be yeah. enough material there to be packed down and to uh, you know to create that heat to get it started. So. Well, philosophically, I mean, if you're not researching, if you're not digging, if you're not, if you're not um, going to your uh, the meeting of, of whatever religion, you know, they have their, you know, every religion has meeting days where they they meet up and discuss things. But if you're not attending those and really uh, fervently speaking within that, within that path, even even on the dogmatic thing, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anything. But uh, you know, a few dry leaves. Yeah. I want to remind the listeners out there uh, who may be listening from uh, KLAAxiom.com, uh, the call-in number is 858-365-5607. Uh, give us a call if you want to talk about the topic at hand, talking about uh, souvenirs um, of the spiritual kind, of the 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 uh metaphysical kind of you know we're not talking about the uh deep fried scorpion tails from Arizona we're talking about uh some things that we try to hold on to that are not tangible yet we we waste so much time and energy trying to grab onto them as best we can and as fast as we can um, so so far what it seems like to me david and and, and correct me if I'm wrong it seems like in, in in a lot of instances we are more concerned once we have begun the trip we become more concerned of fi- looking for these trinkets than we actually do the real substance of the trip itself of the 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 values of the lessons and of the journey you know uh you can attest to this you know um when i first started uh to learning how to astral project uh Consciously, it was all about just 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 having a mind blowing experience. All about good times and fun, and and you know when I was able to start doing them again after I somehow screwed myself up. Um, once I was able to start doing them again, uh, it was actually more about I was looking for things in particular, you know, opportunities to to understand something or look at it from a, a much different point of view. Do we? Uh, I guess my question is, are we if if we find ourselves always more concerned with searching uh for the trinkets rather than actual substance in the journey, is it possible that we could always be stuck in that trap? Yeah. Yeah. I mean you're you're talking about a timeless nature here. I mean it could it could last um, I mean you could you could listen to this show and stop <clears throat> you know, it's a conscious effort. Or you could um, you could continue the rest of your life and just go from go from one thing to the next. You know, we're all, I'm still a trophy collector. You know, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't. I know whenever I'm, I'm going after a trophy, I know what it is, and I, I know what it means, and I know what it costs, and mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's just a game. It's a game I play, and. Right. Um, I don't let the game control me. I control the game. But um, I mean, that's just that's just the way I do. I can't say what's right or wrong for everyone else. But 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's possible to go your entire life like that. And it doesn't mean that it's dangerous per se, um, but but you mentioned that 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 you play a game consciously and purposely, uh, you know, at times to do this. Um, how do we help somebody? How do we help somebody uh, who may not be conscious of this, um, and they find themselves frustrated? They find themselves taking these these long meditative journeys, or they take find themselves. Uh, you know, taking these, walking these paths, and these, and 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 they still find themselves uh, completely frustrated because they don't feel like at the end of the trip, that uh, or that at the end of the the specific journey or whatever, that they've actually achieved anything. Um, they find themselves frustrated. How do we how do we help them become a little more consciously aware of what they're doing? <laughs> well, that's a really big question, Jeff. I mean, well, you're a big um, guy. I, you're a big dude, man. I know you can handle it. Yeah. Meditation can help. Meditation on the topic at hand can help. Um, getting your priorities straight can help. Um, simple acts like when, whenever you're there um, and you're doing something, take off your watch, put it in your pocket. You know, it's. Whenever you're doing something, if if you're doing it on a schedule, if you're doing it, if it's a timed thing, you know, um, you can't you can't meter enjoyment, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, take off your watch as a reminder to yourself <clears throat> that what you're doing now is not for, um, you know, not for that that part of yourself. The, the part of yourself that likes to analyze and and uh, categorize and, and take things apart. You're just there to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Buddhists they have they have their whole mindfulness thing where they only do one thing at a time. You know, but they'll brush their teeth, and that's all they're doing. They're brushing their teeth. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You can you can practice those kinds of things. Um, to be the wizard killer here, um, Charles mentioned a, a really good exercise. You know, it's kind of a joke, but at the same time, it worked very well. Uh, we were talking about power, and he said the most. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to butcher it, but he said the most uh, potent uh, symbol of power he could think of would be to etch the word power into a disc made of iron, and you'd have to make two of them, and you put those on a bar. And then you lift it. So that's that's one way uh, to to break the cycle. It's actually instead of instead of looking for a symbol of something, to actually do it. And when you catch yourself being addicted to links, being addicted to the uh, uh, the surface of things, to um, stop where you're at and say. And, and and acknowledge the fact that you are not um, doing the whole thing in and of itself. That you are glossing over the tops of things, and that you need to you need to stop where you're at and dig down into something, mm-hmm. and actually actually do it for real. Instead of instead of looking it up on the internet, you need to go out in your yard and find one. Right. All right. 
Let's take a let's take a quick break, David. Um, and when we come back, we will uh, continue the discussion on tonight's topic. All right, and we're back. Hey, just want to take a, just want to take a, a quick uh, chance to remind our listeners to check out koaaxiom.com. Uh, there you can find all kinds of show resources, show information, um, everything KOA. You can find it there in its official source. Uh, keep up to date with all the stuff that we're doing. Um, so, like that little green dude from the Flintstones, the Great Gazoo, David. Remember the Great Gazoo? Ah, uh, barely. Well, whenever whenever somebody would say his name, he'd just appear, right? Well, just like that, uh-huh. as soon as you uh, mention Charles, here he comes. Hey, guys. The Great Gazoo. What's up? Hey, hey, guys. I wish I uh, remembered his catchphrase. Um, I'd say it if I did. <laughs> well, I got, a, I got a thought experiment for you guys. You ready for it? Sure. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about learning, the act of learning. If we take learning as a concept, and we look at what's happening when we learn, we know from experience that whatever we think right now will be changed uh, at some point in time. It'll either be added to or it will be altered, right? Okay. Okay. So if learning, if the act of learning and the possibility of learning means that that knowledge is either altered or replaced, that guarantees that whatever whatever we are thinking today, whatever we are thinking tomorrow, is going to be in some way incorrect. Right? Very true, very true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we are navigating, if we are if we are on a trail, if we are blazing our way philosophically, what do we do when we realize that the trail has ended? Because if learning is possible and we were on a trail, then whatever 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 trail we are on cannot be accurate. The map is wrong. It has to be wrong by the fact that it is a map and not the actual thing in and of itself. So when the when the trail ends does does the path stop? That's the question. Go ahead, Charles. I'll let you go first, Charles and then I'll let you and I'll let you know what I think. I would say that when the uh the trail ends on the map as it were that's when you start to become a trailblazer if you're going to continue. Um, if you're not satisfied with where it stops at, if when you get there you say, wow, there's still so much more, either you pick up a new trail, uh, you add to it that way, you parallel trails as it were, or you trailblaze. You go in a direction that you don't know if anyone has went before. Yeah. Well, well, 
the trail, David, is a souvenir. It, it's something that we're clinging to because we think we um, need it. What's no, that? The, the afterthought of the trail is a souvenir. But knowing where I'm at right now is not a souvenir in and of itself. It's very, uh, it has a utility. Well, thank you for cutting me off before I finished what I was saying, but, but yeah, sure. Oh, well, it was just payback for a while ago when you did it to me, but it's okay. Why do you need a trail in the first place? Why do they call it a life path? Because they don't understand it in any other way, I guess. Uh, uh, but the fact that the fact that you're on a trail means that that that, that you have to have uh, uh, in your mind, you still have to have something to hold on to in order to feel like you can go any further. You know, because people do stop when they see the end of the trail. People do yeah. stop when they when they get to the end of the Bible. They stop they stop reading the Bible and they stop being a Christian, so on and so forth, uh, because they have not uh, come to a place where they can not need the trail. Right. May I interject? Is that a yes? Are, are you go, ever going to interject? Well, yeah, I, I was waiting for a yes. <laughs> uh, um, well, you're on, you're on the air, so I guess it's okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, backing the trail or training up a little bit here. You ask what we should, uh, what we would tell someone who's running into the souvenir problem. You know, they're collecting souvenirs, and that's all they wind up doing. And while you while you were talking, I was doing a little bit of drawing also while listening, getting my thoughts in order on this, and sketching out a little picture of Odin. And it's a, it's a damn fine picture, um, if I do say so myself. But at the end of the day, it's only a picture. And you have to really look at a lot of this stuff and ask, is it a symbol or is it a trophy? If it's a symbol, it's something you're using to allow yourself to make a connection somewhere in your mind. And we think in symbols. We're not going to get out of thinking in symbols. If you astral project, you're seeing some kind of symbols. If you're going down a spiritual path, you're dealing with symbols of some kind. If you're living life, everything you deal with is symbols, whether it be words, thoughts, letters, or even impulses. It's all symbolic language. Now, that's great. That's fantastic. And when you find that you're using something as a symbol, it's great. It's when it becomes a trophy. It's when you set it there and... All it's used to you is now is something that you can look at and say, yeah, that's that's incredibly awesome, and, and that shows where I've been, and I don't need to go any further. I would say that's where the detriment starts, when you've collected so many trophies that you feel you have achieved this, uh, this synthesis of tro- trophy collecting. You know, I can draw a thousand of these little pictures here, but I won't have Odin in front of me as a result of it. You don't see any danger in the addiction to symbols? Oh, no, no. There's definitely a danger when you become so attached to a symbol that it becomes an overriding, overruling part of your life. Um, That's almost like when people say, you know, speak English or go home. Um, It's a very political statement. I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of it. 
but it's very one-sided. It's as if to say that that's the only right way to speak, that there are no others. Um, when you say that, oh, I refuse to speak a Spanish word, you go to order uh, a taco or rather a quesadilla, and you're like, one of those things, you know, with the layers and the shells, because you refuse to say the word because it's a symbol that's not within your uh, your paradigm. Yeah, there's a, there's a great danger in that. There's a great danger in that in life when the symbols have gained more power than what they represent in your mind. Mm-hmm. All right, let's bring Chaos in on this. He wants to get in on this here. Hey, Chaos. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? All right, I guess. Um, I just thought I'd tell a story. Um, my in-laws have a lot of stuff, a lot of souvenirs, you might say. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make an allegory to anything spiritual because I'm not a spiritual guy. But um, they have a lot of stuff. They have a ton of crap. Um, and they're always telling me about it, and it's actually kind of boring. It's like I'm supposed to be interested about some place that I was never at with an experience that I never had. And they're like, well, look at it. And I'm like, uh-huh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> and, uh, well, they're always like, well, this stuff is this, and look at this, and this is actually worth money. And I'm like, that's great, but when you die, I'm going to have a huge garage sale. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, so how, so how do you how do you uh, uh, equate that over to these these people uh, who, who sit here and grandstand grandstand and and brag and and show off all the things that they brought back from all their spiritual endeavors? One man's trash is another man's treasure. But uh, you know, the way I look at it is, um, it's kind of like a lecture I wrote. Probably we're talking like so almost a decade ago, and somebody brought it up, and I forgot it even existed. I was like, "Holy crap, I wrote that, you know, and <laughs> you know it, it it'd be erroneous for anyone to think that I'm the same person I am today, but essentially that lecture is a souvenir of a person that no longer exists. that person's dead, it's trash, you know you picked it up and you liked it, you bought it at my garage sale um. If you don't, if you can't keep in mind that it's just trash, <laughs> yeah, it's just junk that happens to mean something to you right now. You know how much shit I've thrown out over my life that meant something to me at some point? It'll be everything I ever had, because at one point I'll be dead, and then it'll be everything's out the window anyway. So, uh, you know, anything I was assuming or thought I had figured out will be probably proven wrong, I imagine, or just proven irrelevant. I'll move on. So, you know, you tell them, yeah, it's nice now. Sure. And everything degrades, though. We'll see how you think about it in five years. Chances are you threw it away. That's, yeah. a, good, that's a good point. Um, and it's not one that we had considered. Um, like we said, I think we all do collect these things. And, 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 and sometimes they can become baggage, but other times when we smarten up and we look back and we we uh, go to take some of the stuff out of the trash, uh, you know, we just have to kind of think to ourselves, well, that's who I was last week, or that's who I was ten years ago, or last month. I'm moving on now. 
Right. It's, it's like when you do spring cleaning, you're like, Jesus, what is this still doing here? This is, what the hell is this thing, you know? And you're trying to even remember why you had it. I've done that, I've done that with thoughts I've had. I don't know what the hell was I thinking. Where did, where did I get that from? I was like, wow, that was, that was baseline retarded. But it's all right, you know? Real stuff. Um... The spiritual stuff, uh, maybe it's more harder, I guess. I don't know. I don't really deal with it too much. Um, <laughs> do, you, um, do you ever find yourself becoming uh, counterintuitive and throwing stuff in, away because it it is meaningful to you? Do you do that on purpose? Yeah. 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 Um, see, the thing is, is everyone has really good ideas. Everybody sounds smart at some point, you know, and you especially want to hold on to that stuff or the stuff that has meaning to you for some reason. It sounds really good. It looks really good. It's really pretty. Maybe it's really functional, you know. Maybe it gives you a good blowjob at the end of the day. I don't know. What I'm saying, though, is that you have it. You know, sometimes I like to see what I can do, you know, it, how important it really is to me, you know. Obviously, you can't do that with, like, your dog or something. I guess you could. That'd be kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's stuff I throw out. I don't consider it counterintuitive. Well, it's counterintuitive to other people. To me, it's just having fun, you know. Any souvenir that you can't get rid of at a moment's notice, there's stuff I love, right? Like, I love my I love my sword. Um, it's not even a souvenir. I use it, you know. Uh, I didn't get it from somewhere for the purpose of placing somewhere and telling people about it. As a matter of fact, you probably would never see it. Tell about it because they told you about it. Um, but I, like I said, I had a five hundred dollar one break in two weeks, and uh, I was mad about it, but it wasn't a really big deal, you know. I was an idea like that. Like I said, it's all trash at the end of the game. Stuff that you hold on to, even if you want to. Like I said, everything degrades over time. What well, looks shiny today, in ten years, I'm guaranteed to probably not look shiny. Might have to shine it up. Then you're just adding shit to it. So yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is yeah, I, I was saying. But I don't hold on to crap like that. <laughs> Sounds like someone's battery gets blown away. Is there a hurricane somewhere? <laughs> oh, damn it. That's that's how badass chaos is, folks. He's out there standing in the damn hurricane tossing over the boat. I, I don't think that's me. It's not me. We'll see in a second. Just drove under the tower that I'm I'm broadcasting through, so I may have been too close to it. Okay, that'd be what it was then. Yep, yep, that's who it was. All right. So chaos brings up a really good point, um, one that I had not considered. Uh, until he said it was that, uh, you know, maybe uh, perhaps uh, the art of collecting souvenirs to to um, use them in an exercise to maybe test your loyalty to them or to 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 test your um, your attachment to them. Not a real bad idea, I guess. What do you guys think? I'd say it has some merit. 
Um, I'd say you always have to be careful of what you're representing at that point, what kind of links you're making in your own mind. But by the same token, you have to be careful of what kind of links you've already made at that point also. Um, nothing's worse than someone who has created a holy symbol upon which no one can piss. Um, I, I'm crafting these little Thor's hammers, but if they get broken or chipped or something, that's not going to totally destroy my world. There are people out there that their holy symbol, whatever it is, if you were to toss it in the trash, it would totally devastate them. You've got to take a, anything like that, any souvenir, and uh, ask yourself, you know, is is it what this represents that means something to you, or is it the thing itself, and has that thing become bigger? You know, if I was to go into a ballistic rage and just start beating someone's head off of a of a cabinet because they threw one of my Thor's hammers in the garbage, well, well, yeah, I guess I am kind of holding to the spirit of Thor, but not the, the calm, compassionate part, that's for sure. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm forgetting the nature of this character who, even when he was enraged, still didn't hurt anyone from it. Um, I'm forgetting everything that that meant, and instead the symbol has now become bigger than the idea. Well, we see it. We see it. There was some crazy, crazy pastor that was burning Korans and, it, you know, even threatening to, uh, was causing people to die halfway around the world. So, um, not only did he make that symbol bigger than what it needed to be, the people who were seeing them burned made it bigger than what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. um, he went over and he he empowered that symbol to be more than it was. He's he's not hitting Allah by doing that. You tell me he's going to light a piece of paper on fire and kill a god. You find a way to do that, brother, and I, I want it. You find a way to burn a piece of paper, okay, and strike an all-powerful entity dead, I want it, because something like that, wow, imagine what it would do to a mortal. Well, not to be the resident wizard killer here, but uh, it is my belief that, that uh, <clears throat> somebody could uh, uh, kill a god just by speaking to somebody else, you know. Well, it's true. This is true. You've so, got to remember, such things like that exist within the mind. Um, yep. That brings up something interesting, if I may. If I can digress this mm -hmm. for a second. Um, my girlfriend, when her father was in the hospital dying, uh, they actually thought he was dead. Years and years before I met her. Uh, at her church, they held his last rites, and she refused to believe it. But because they told her he was dead, it was true to everyone there. Um, when she got the phone call from him, you know, honey, I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, and she goes back into the church, and she's like, how dare you tell me he was dead? How dare you you spread this lie? And they were like, well, we were told he was dead. Mm -hmm. um, even the existence of other people in your life, to a degree, is your perception. The difference is, when you kill a god for someone, there is no way for them to back up easily, at least, and then reclaim that god. And it happens all the time. You can kill a god with logic, and that person can resurrect that god a moment later. Um, but when you do that with a, with a person, they have to go back and find that person. Um, it's just kind of an interesting note. We even collect the kind of souvenir with the people we know, that that thought of who they are, what they are, in the moment that we know them. Well, I mean, 
if you if we look back in history, how many how many hundreds of gods have been killed and nearly forgotten? You know, let's look at uh, you know, I mean, just just as an example, look at the 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 uh, uh, deities that 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 you look towards and that you speak about a lot. There isn't a whole lot of folks out there worshiping Thor um, than there was a thousand years ago or whatever. You know what I mean? You, you see my point? Oh, exactly. Thor used to have red hair, too. Um, trust me, I see your point better than anyone. I, I watch the, the movies and read the comics, and I, I look at it, and I'm like, wow. And when I ask anyone just to test them, just to see what their knowledge is of the past, and say what color hair does Thor have, they go, oh, blonde. Very blonde. I go, yeah, really, really, huh? That's neat. But you're right. Even so, even some simple fact like that can be totally destroyed. And even the concept, you know, one day all of the gods will be forgotten by man. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, let's let's look at. I mean, I mean, again, let's look back at history. Uh, how many how many thousands of symbols for for hundreds of gods that that, that <coughs> empires have destroyed and the gods forgotten about? People stop worshiping them. Um, over the years, they 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 practically died, right? You know, we're That's talking right. about symbol. We're talking about symbols, and we're talking about the souvenirs here. Uh, can you, David? Can you kill a god by by crushing the symbol or by crushing the uh, souvenir that people worship or look up to? Not if they don't want it to be killed. You can only kill a god in your mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. That's just your mind. I mean, if there if there if there was a God out there, I mean, I mean, let's uh, you know, let's get honest here. There's no proof for or against the argument of God, so I have to address both sides of the issue. If there was a God, you could only kill the idea of God in your mind. But then, theoretically, if there was a God, um, you know, his ass, your ass is still his. You know, so I mean, I don't know. Well, when we look back at the examples, um, we look back at the examples, uh, you know, there is a reason. There, I mean, there's obviously a reason why people don't worship Thor like they used to, you know. Um, I could probably do a quick Google search and, 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 and uh, you know, give you a, a general idea. You know, obviously, the majority of the world is Christian or, or, or for a fact, the majority of the world worship one god rather than several gods or goddesses like we found a thousand years ago. You know, um and when you try and find the the remains or the the uh uh keepsakes that were that had survived over the years, well, you can probably find them in a couple of museums, but other than that, you know, people aren't carrying around these symbols or worshiping these gods anymore. It's even less than you'd think, trust me. I'm I'm sure. Mhm. I well, the fact is, you're the only person in the entire world I, that I know of personally, so I'm sure it is a very small number. One thing to keep in mind also, um, when I talk about Thor, I don't see Thor as just limited to the Norse concept. I see it as an idea, a representation of a spirit, as it were. But that's what most people say when they mean a god. Anyone who thinks that their god has red hair or blue hair or green hair or wears sandals and has a long flowing beard. Uh, my opinion, if you limit 
such an idea, such a grand concept to something so small, you've made the symbol bigger than the bigger than what it represents, and which mm-hmm. is kind of what we're we're on topic of. Uh, when when it becomes so important that Thor's beard be red, that his hammer be square, and that you know he have goats pulling a chariot, when that becomes more important than the idea of a good person going out to fight the good fight for littler people. Uh, when that happens, then you've already killed the god because you've made the symbol bigger than the idea of the symbol. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had something else written down here, David, um, uh, along the lines of the topic today. You said something earlier about uh, – you were talking about how somebody visits a city and how they should um, – not just not just not just check out the tourist attractions or the tourist traps, as we call them, uh, but to to get to know the city, get to know the people, get to know the soul of that place, all these things, um, and that you know when we when we visit a city, we bring back trinkets and things, and that makes us tourists. Uh, the more times we visit that city. Um, would there be a natural progression to bring less and less back with us? Um, yeah, because you would, there would be no need to bring something back with you because you, it has become part of you at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I'll describe my uh, my experience in New York City. I went to New York City and we spent we spent a week there. It wasn't all um you know, it wasn't all pleasure, it was some business in it, but we, we still had a lot of time to just go around. And I'm sitting here in in Carnegie Deli, uh, you know, eating a Reuben and I'm wondering why is this place famous? You know, my my table was it looked old, it had little Little nicks, you know, it it just looked worn. Um, the food wasn't that great, you know. The the silverware wasn't upscale. The plate wasn't upscale. The the decorations what weren't that you know spectacular. It was just a restaurant, you know. Um, what what makes this place famous, you know? Um, I mean, it's been mentioned in one, one of Adam Sandler's songs, you know. I mean, you know. A lot of people know what Carnegie Deli is, but yet it's just a restaurant. So I'm sitting here, and I'm eating this sandwich, and I'm wondering, why is this place famous? And then it hit me that the reason why it's famous is because it is famous. It's because so many people have walked through that door and ate there. That's what makes it famous. It's not famous in and of its own right. It's famous because so many people have been there. The people made it famous. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking out the windows, looking out onto the street and people are going back and forth, something went through me at that moment. I became a New Yorker, you know. And when I went back home, the only thing I had that was even remotely souvenir-like was an I Heart New York shirt. And, uh, you know, I had that because, uh, I don't know, it was just, you know, it was my first trip, uh, you know, that far north, and, you know, there's lots of reasons for it, but I really had no, uh, I had no reason to 
to um, take anything physical because I knew that some part of me resonated with that place. I mean, and and it's not just that one moment. I wrote I wrote an essay about this in, in college, and um, my teacher loved it. She recommended that I um, I write for a larger audience, but uh, there's more there's more instances that happened while I was there, I should say. Uh, but that one particular moment was the the critical part. And ever since then, I have really liked New York City. Matter of fact, whenever I watch a movie and it's filmed in New York, I can feel it. Uh, just because, just the way the streets look. You know, I don't I don't have to see the skyline. I don't have to hear an accent. I can see the sidewalk, and I know it's New York. You know, just because mm-hmm. part of that it bled over into me. You know, yes. But you know, like I say, that's Manhattan. You know, I mean, who who could hate Manhattan, right? There's there's a lot about New York I didn't come in contact with, and there's probably a lot there that I couldn't stomach. You know, I mean, it's a it's a big city, and there's there's things going on down the alleyways. But um, as far as the uh, the bright light, the you know, the, the you know the 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 glittery glittery district of uh, you know. Long Island and all that, you know, that's that's good. I loved it. Good. So on the topic of uh of souvenirs and trinkets and things, uh are there standard standard uh uh, uh things that, that we that we could find people consistently getting out of an experience or bringing back with them? From 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 uh, from their from their endeavors. Well, yeah, you've mentioned a few of them yourself, man. I mean, snow globes, stuff like that, um, keychains, uh, apparel. I'm talking about you have, of the spiritual variety. Spiritual variety. Oh, I don't care about the snow globe. <laughs> Yeah, well, you asked. I mean, I'm giving it to you here. Uh, of the spiritual variety, yeah. I mean, a lot of what we discussed here, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure chaos is kind of uh, holding back there on us because a lot of what we've discussed here on the show today has been has been um, souvenirs, you know. And and it, you got to understand, it's a state of mind, you know. Uh, if we if we hold it in our minds wrong, when we hang up the phones after the show is over, this show in itself could be a souvenir if we if we did it wrong, you know. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take our last break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna wrap things up, and uh, we'll see you in about uh, six minutes. All right, and we're back. Bring everybody back in here. I believe Charles has a little bit more to uh, talk about uh, when it comes to to these trinkets, symbols, and souvenirs. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, I'd like to reiterate. You know, I don't think anyone here is trying to say that having symbols is bad or that symbolism is bad. Um, in fact, symbolism is quite good and quite healthy. It's a natural part of life. You know, we learn symbolism as children. We learn A's from Apple from a very early age, and we move through life learning 
more and greater levels of symbolism. And in fact, we could even say that at the end of the day, the spiritual uh, journey, the only way we can convey it is through symbolism. That at the end of the day, a lot of these trophies that we bring back are showpieces that we can maybe show others to help them have an idea of where they can go. But it, the thing is to not let any of these trophies, any of these souvenirs become actual trophies, become things that uh, become things that weigh us down. If you think of your life as a, as a backpack, you want to carry only those things in it that you have found to have utility. And if something is not lacking, if something is lacking utility, if it's la if it's uh, uh, lacking versatility, then it's something that probably needs to be uh, reconsidered. Probably needs to have another look taken at it. And eventually, you'll come to a point in your life where most of the things, uh, most of the things you relied on as symbols, fall apart to a degree. The trick with that, I think is to recognize what the symbol means, recognize what the uh, what the souvenir really was about, and then you can toss the souvenir aside. Chaos made mention of a sword. I think the sword's a really good example in that, um, from a warrior perspective, or a pseudo-warrior perspective, because, you know, I'm not out killing people every day, so I don't think I have, a, I have much of a right to call myself much of a warrior. Um, but, you know... I, I, too, have a sword that uh, recently was broken, of all things. Uh, not the blade edge, but just uh, one of the ornamental pieces that helps hold it together. As well. um, and I looked at this, and, you know, man, I was heartbroken to a degree initially. Um, I poured a lot into that sword. That meant that sword meant something to me. But then I recollected myself, you know, as I'm apt to do. Very little keeps me down for very long. And I looked at it, and I said, well, it's a nice piece of metal. Um, not in that bad a condition. I can probably repair it, you know, after a while. Um, right now I'm actually building up the skills and other crafts and projects to gain a little bit of the uh, fine-tuned motor control to do that task. But the point is, I could have, I mean, I could have really went off the deep end. Oh, my sword is broken, tossed the thing in the corner, got mad, went on a rampage, probably done more damage to it. Um, or I could have looked at it calmly and said, you know, at the end of the day, it's a nice tool, it's useful, it still has its uses, it can still be repaired or used in a different way. But at the end of the day, my hands are what wield it, my arms are what move it. I am what expresses myself through it, not the other way around. If that sword was to be shattered, it wouldn't destroy me, it would break me apart, it wouldn't, would not leave me any less of a man or less of a person. The problem would be is if that sword, that symbol, that trophy, that uh, souvenir became so important that after it breaking, I would have given up. Then. If it would have been so important that it totally destroyed me, then it's no longer serving its purpose. It's no longer a leveraged edge on a handle. It's no longer a blade. It's no longer a weapon or a defensive item. It's a burden. It's, a, it's an I-beam. It's an I-beam that I'm carrying around with a handle on it. And Who wants to carry an I-beam around with it? You know, if your symbols are serving you, if they're working as a point of leverage to allow you to do more in your life or to be more of who you are, that's great. That's fantastic. But always be careful that those uh, those uh, swords don't become I-beams because, you know, an I-beam is an awful heavy piece of material. Uh, you're not going to lift it. You're not going to swing it. It's not going to express anything of who you are. Mm-hmm. 
Chaos, do you have any final words on uh, on this stuff we're talking about today? Yeah, I guess symbolism's fine, but uh, David, remind me, what's the greatest lie ever told? <laughs> yeah, the one that the one that you tell yourself. That's what symbolism is. I guess I guess my final words on this, David, is uh, that 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 maps are good and useful. Uh, maps are only going to take you so far, you know. Um, compasses are great until they stop working, you know. Um, the stars can only navigate you so far until the the skies get cloudy, you know. Um, there has to there has to come to a point where where we where we learn to adapt to not having the symbols and the trinkets and the and the uh, uh, souvenirs to 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 get us through, you know. Um, when the trail stops, well, for me, when the trail stops, I just keep going, you know. I don't generally take a map with me, and I never feel like I'm lost, you know. So, um, I guess that's my final word on on this stuff for today. What do you got for us? All right, well, guys, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you joining us tonight, giving us something to talk about here. Good to be here. Uh, for myself and David, uh, we're happy you joined us, and we hope to see you next week. Until next time, awake in the night within. <laughs>